But we bet you'll like them. I'm back in the saddle again. Checking in from the right side of Acadiana, seeking truth. I want the truth! Yes! Justice. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Yes! And a whole lot of freedom to have fun. Winning, winning, winning. Yes! Oh, behave. This is the Rush Report. To the Ross Report, and we want to welcome back to the Ross Report a uh, young lady that we haven't talked to in a while, and it's been long overdue, and she has an incredible podcast. She does great a- analysis about education. She has a doctorate in professional education with a minor in history, and uh, she has uh, just a great range of information, does great research about what's going on in American education. Dr. Carol Haynes, welcome back to the Ross Report. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be here. I, I love your show, and you are just the best. It's a, a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Haynes. Uh, th- you have done a couple. You've done a lot of articles. You've done a deep dive into a lot of issues on the American education scene. But I think a lot of people right now are stunned at what's going on on the campuses and a, and and actually in K through twelve education. What is going on with this this uh, attack? On Israel and and the anti-Semitism that has really shocked people. Um, can you tell us in your deep dive into this, where did all this come from? You know, Carol, this goes way, way back. I was writing about it years ago on my my website and talking on on talk shows about it. Uh, especially here in Texas, parents were really shocked when they found out that their children were in classes in public schools and learning about about Islam and about the the five pillars of Islam and kneeling on the prayer rugs and all. And so it it kind of, not not too much was said after a while, and then suddenly it's just hit us in the face. And 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 I think we can say it's it's just here all of a sudden, is because not only have we had more than fifty years of Middle Eastern money, Arab money pouring into our colleges and into our schools and our K through twelve public schools, but we have also the students have been exposed to critical race theory, radical sex education, and the DEI diversity, all of that mess. The kids are so traumatized, they are so destabilized mentally. They don't know who they are, what sex they are. They don't know anything. And they can be led just like sheep to a slaughter. In fact, they're after the the Christian children especially because the goal is to turn America from a Christian nation into an Islamic nation. And so all of a sudden this has come out. It's just the culmination of what's been going on under the radar the last 50 years and of what's been going on in our Marxist schools, the Marxist programs, the more, more recently. It's just the culmination of it all and we can go more deep into this as we go i know and this is it's not anti-islam because there are many peaceful no. people who are uh who practice that religion however 
there are some aspects of Islamic law, Sharia law, Sharia, uh, that, that require jihad to be waged, um, against non-Muslims. That, that is what some of these radical Islamists are following, is it not? It is. It's, it's, uh, jihad is a holy war. And it's, it's to, it, the point is to use jihad to force people under Sharia law all over the world. And that's the way that it's done. And it can be done through violence, but it also can be done what we call uh, civilization jihad. And that's really under the radar. That is going in in a stealth mode. And, and, and they, they go after, um, they go after churches, they reach out to churches, they go after the schools, the courts, universities, they go out to art museums. I know I was doing quite a bit of writing a few years ago about the, um, the Islamic programs down in, um, in the Dallas Museum of Art, and they, they would allow it down there, but none of the Christian programs. So there, there's a lot that's been going on, but suddenly it's hitting us in the face. It really does seem like a uh, an effort to destroy Western civilization. And when you see, we, I, I was just interviewing Michael Lunsford about one of the librarians and the way they are, you're right, confusing these kids to a point where they don't know who they are. And, and you see, um, you see statistics about uh, kids who can't read in the seventh or eighth grade level. Uh, they can't pass math. What is going on in our schools if it's not teaching them reading and math? I mean, I, I don't know. It's very troubling. It's everything but teaching them reading and math. You know, if we could just get back to, to and I saw something this morning that says, why don't we just get back to simple things, teach reading and math, mm. and and just leave it at that, um, and, you know, um, English and so forth, and but reading, math, instead of all the other, but instead the, the, the schools keep saying we need more money. Well, you, you mean you need more money to have all of these extracurricular programs, not really extracurricular, but programs in addition to the math and, and to the, the reading. There's no time to spend on there. In fact, if, if you look at some of the other things that I've written, Carol, that this these um, political lessons are embedded into math lessons, into history lessons, mm-hmm. into English lessons. So the kids are getting all of this left, left-wing propaganda coming and going. They simply don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And, and with what I see them saying on social media, these kids are so radicalized and they don't even know it. You know, uh, the the people were talking about Qatar uh, recently because they were um, negotiating in Qatar with Hamas because Hamas has their offices in Qatar. And Qatar was supposed yeah. to be, you know, uh, a neutral or an ally, whatever. They're not. They're not no. at all. They can't be and live in that world. So uh, the donations that have been made, uh, some of these have been funded through through a cutter, correct? Uh, the donations to the universities? Yes, yes. KTAR Cutter is the largest funder of the, and it's more recent, but they're the largest investor in American universities. They, they uh, fund Hamas and they fund the Muslim Brotherhood. And the Muslim Brotherhood is really engaged into all of this stuff, uh, you know, to, to in, indoctrinate the children. Um, in, in fact, um, 
it just started in the nineteen uh, mid mid nineteen seventies, Carol, where the the monies first started coming in to the universities. Actually, the first monies came in from Aramco in the nineteen fifties. Oh, yeah. But then it really picked up steam, uh, a, a planned action in the nineteen seventies, and they were after the university students, and and until so those were just radicalized, and not only the students but the professors and the administration. Yeah. Then in the nineteen nineties, they went into K through twelve. And in K through twelve, we we see several programs there. In fact, let, let let me just tell you about three of our of our um, presidents who were involved in this because we and we look at it from both sides of of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, back in nineteen ninety five, President Clinton directed the Department of Education to announce that public schools could now um, teach about religion. They just couldn't teach religion but they could teach about it. But here was the problem. Nobody, no student was allowed to get out of those classes. So your child, if he's a Christian parent, you could not opt your child out of that class. So the child was just, a, a, you know, just, just being like a, a sheep to... Uh, <laughs> child, sheep, sheep child to, was a victim. <laughs> so so in, in 2012, I mean, 2005, George W. Bush, here we have, now we go from the, from the Democrat side to the Republican side, and we have George Bush, he's, he sets up this Access Islam, and what Access Islam was created to do was to teach about traditions, culture, holidays and all of that. Here's where the students were wearing all of the, the garb of, of the, the Muslims. They were kneeling on the prayer rugs. They were learning about um, about the five pillars of Islam. They were learning, they were citing verses from the Quran, which their their holy book. They were learning um, biblical verses. They were learning the prayers. All of it. They were just immersed in it. And it was all under the all under the auspices of culture. But guess what? No other religion did the U.S. Department of Education allow this to happen in. It was only Islam. It was not done for any of the other major religions. And you you have Hinduism, um, Judaism, Christian, and so forth. Nobody could have these lessons except for Islam. So the schools have been teaching that Israel is responsible for the terrorist attacks because supposedly when Israel um, became a nation in 1948, then they kicked they kicked the Palestinians out of their land. That's not true. You know the background of Israel it goes all the way back for for centuries, and they were in all of that that territory. The Palestinians that it, it's it's not it's only a region. It's not a nation. Yeah, and never was. And, and, and the Romans yeah, yeah. the Romans started that foolishness in the second century as a slap to the Jews. Uh, because they yeah. created the word Palatine, the Palatine, the Palatine. There, yeah. there was never a Palestine, and they weren't known as a nation. And if if you really want to know, why why don't the, any of the other Arab nations take them in? Because they want it as a political football. They want this thing as a political football. It's not about religion. It's about politics. We have to take a break. I want to get that third okay. president in <laughs> who, who did it. And, and we'll come right back with Dr. Carol Haynes. She's done a deep dive into this. All of us, you know, wondering why, 
why is this anti-Semitism coming out now? Well, they've been nurturing this soil for a long time in the, in the schools, the K-12 through and the universities. And Dr. Haynes has done a deep dive into it. We'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. All right, welcome back to the Ross Report. We have Dr. Carol Haynes. She has done a deep dive into everything going on in our schools and why all of a sudden is this anti-Semitism just pouring off the campuses. And she was telling us about the three presidents that had, you know, something to do with all of this, going back to Clinton with uh, uh, talking about religion and then in Bush with Access Islam. And who was the third president, Dr. Haynes? Yes, the third president was Obama, and under Obama, the curriculum was expanded to include 10 lessons on the five pillars of Islam, and and they actually have, and this is funded by the U.S. Department of Education, meaning by our tax dollars, and these were lessons for grades 5 through 12. You can find them on various websites, including PBS Learning Media, and as I said before, this is only done for Islam. This is not done for any of the others. And 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 you 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 you've, you've got you you've got this going and coming. You've got the money coming in from the Arab nations to the colleges. Then you've got money coming in from the federal government. So there's there these these kids have no way of of escaping all of this. It's hitting them from all sides there. And you know, it, lest you. Yeah, folks listening try to say that uh, we are anti-Islamic or anything like that. No, these are the same statistics and things have been pointed out by uh, people like Yudi Jasser, uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali, uh, Brigitte Gabriel. They, they've been sounding the alarm forever about these mm-hmm. things going on. Now, you talked about the amount of money that has been spent. Uh, we, you know, while we're worried about the uh, Confucius Institutes in the universities, yes. this this has been going on forever in not only in the universities but in K through twelve education. How much money? You, I think you said in the billions. Uh, it's Haynes? in the billions. We, we we see different figures. You can see that that they have spent um, from like nineteen eighty six to twenty twenty one. It's been over eleven billion. The deal is we don't really know how much it is because these universities have kept it very much hidden about what they're really getting. And and you know that's been in the news a lot over the last two or three years. Yeah, so finally, we don't really yeah. know how much they actually have been have been given in there. Um, as I said that. Qatar is giving the most of all of the the, the, the Middle Eastern countries to the universities. And, and what's interesting is that you, you have the Muslim Brotherhood, and they're funded by Qatar, and they have put together this program, and they call it a bloodless cultural revolution in K-12. through Well, what they do is they work with the publishers, and they review textbooks for the publishers, they write lesson plans, they give seminars to teachers, and all of this just you know, it's, it's funded there from from the um, Middle Eastern countries. Then you have the Higher Education Act of 1965. So you have now we have U.S. federal policy in here. The Higher Education Act of 1965 created the Title VI program, and a lot's been written on that the past few years. And what that does is it gives federal subsidies to university programs for the Middle East studies and to the 
two of the universities who've gotten a lot of this money is Cornell, and right behind them is Georgetown. And what they do is, again, they design lesson plans and seminars on the Middle East, and they do this for the teachers. So now you have the funding coming from the federal government, from the American people, and then from the other side. And all of this, this Title this Title VI is a Trojan horse to get them in and to impact our our. American education in K through 12. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to understand because the left is constantly screaming about separation of church and state. We can't have religion in the schools, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And yet it seems as though, uh, teaching Islam, et cetera, or is Islamic, uh, principles, uh, Sharia law, whatever has, has gotten a pass. It's gotten a pass. It's gotten a pass because there's too much money involved in there. Look how much that people are getting at these universities from the federal government and from the Middle Eastern countries. They're getting millions. And then you have people within the system, within the public school system. You have the, the, the teachers who've been indoctrinated. Where are the teachers getting this information? They come through the university. They were indoctrinated there. They come into the system, and they're, they're teaching these kids to be activists. So so there is no separation. It's only separation of church and state when it comes to comes to Christianity. Otherwise, we just simply call it learning about culture. You know, I remember Valerie Jarrett's uh, father was in the Muslim Brotherhood. Her mother was in the Muslim Sisterhood, and she worked under the in the. She was a very key person in the Obama administration, and You're so right. and you know you can get that. But when you see the other presidents who were involved and how it has continued to go on, I I just want a level playing field. If you're going to be talking about Islamic principles and values, etc. Why can't you talk about Christian or Hindu or Jewish or any other? Why isn't there a level playing field in the schools? Because they cannot allow the Christianity to exist. In order to have Islam take over a nation, they have to get rid of Christianity because they, they, they simply can't have us worshiping our own God. We've got to come in, and, and if you're not going to be Islam, uh, 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 a Muslim, then you're going to be penalized dreadfully, maybe murdered or, or penalized financially. And so, so the goal is to just take over, and the only way they can do that is to get rid of Christianity. And they've been going after these, these students. What's interesting is some of the students they've been going after is, has been Christian students. So you may have noticed this, Carol, in one of the articles that I wrote, and I quoted, let me see if I can find those, those stats on that. Um, it was the uh, when they go after the Christian students, and by the way, these are not only males, to, and, and they're, what they're doing is treat, teaching them to become j- young jihadists. And jihad, when they go after it, is to go after uh, and, to, and to make war. Yeah, you but know, here, the part about the yeah. anti-Israel, anti-Christian, Jesus was a Palestinian Jew. Who grew yes. up in Galilee? Yes. <laughs> he did yeah. not. He was not a. He was not Palestinian. No. He was, and that was one of the things they're being taught. But more than half of all converts to Islam, fifty-three percent, identified as Protestant before converting. Another twenty percent were Catholic. And you're right. What they're teaching the students in some of these lessons, and the lessons just go on and on, and the children don't know that that this is not the truth. But they teach that Jesus was a Palestinian Jew, and that Israel is to blame for these terrorist attacks because they were angered over the law of their territories, I said earlier, and and it's, it's all the, the fault of the Jews. The, the thing is that Hamas is not just interested in getting rid of Jews. That is, that is a cover. 
that is a cover. The, ho- the real purpose is to get rid of anyone who's not a Muslim, is to bring in everybody mm-hmm. throughout America and the world into Islam. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the big goal. That's their mission. Um, there, this, uh, there's this, comp- well, what about the textbooks? I mean, certainly they're not doing this just out of the top of their mind. There, there are textbooks out there that they use for this kind of thing, don't they? Like social studies textbooks, et cetera? Yes, they are. In fact, the world history textbooks, and, and I did, a, I have a lot of articles several years ago about this on my website where I was reviewing the textbooks and everything that was going on with the textbooks. I'm not sure the year, you know, if I go into my, my website and look under articles, there's a drop down and you can find uh, uh, all these articles that they're uh, chronological. Maybe it was around maybe 2015, 2014, 16, something like that, uh, chronological. But you'll find that, that the, the textbooks, especially in world history, focus on Islam, and they have just a few passages. And I was, I was on textbook review committees in Texas, and I found there would be a few passages about Christianity and Judaism, and they would always be very anti, mm-hmm. very anti-Christian, very anti-Judaism. Uh, but they would they would focus positively on Islam, and, and you have the big textbook publishers who are all complicit in this. They're they're getting money. They're yeah. getting a lot of money from the from the Middle Eastern countries. You have McGraw Hill, Houghton Mifflin, um, McDougal. You, so, th- th- these are just some, but all the big ones are part of it. Well, you and I, the last time we spoke, uh, we were reviewing our own social studies uh, yes. uh, textbooks yeah. here in Louisiana. And you remember our our new superintendent, relatively new, he's, he's still in there, and he's a great guy, Dr. Cade Brumley. Uh, he... Uh, at, Opened it up for public comment, and and it was a it was a great thing because and you I believe you had some input into that, and a lot yes. of the parents did, everybody did, and now we have a social studies curriculum that is actually reflective of the truth of honest history of this country of our state, etc. We I I'm really proud of what was done in Louisiana from that standpoint because other places maybe not so thoughtful and uh, uh, as Dr. Brumley was and we have a new uh, board of elementary and secondary education and it is even more uh, in tune with these principles basic principles of education so uh, you know I, I didn't know Dr. Brumley but I saw him do a television interview the first time I saw his television interview and he said you know we're going to get back to basics um, mm-hmm. and, and that's phonics when I heard him say the word phonics I said this guy <laughs> this guy I'm going to like this guy and I have to that's the one thing I do credit uh, uh, our former governor, John Bell Edwards, with he he appointed Dr. Bromley. And of course, Jeff Landry is going to keep him on. So that's good news. Uh, After we uh, go to the break, we do have to take a break for the news. When we come back, I want you uh, to tell us how, you know, to tell parents what to be on the lookout for, how we can, you know, fight these kinds of things um, uh, and, and where to get more information that you have published, because you do a deep dive into all of this. It's very statistically based. And so they can't just say it's some, you know, ramblings off the top of your head. It's all statistically based and deeply researched. We're talking to Dr. Carol Haynes. She is an education specialist who is trying to help people understand how in heaven's name the stealth jihad has taken place on our campuses around this country. Not only higher education, but K through 12 as well. We'll be right back with Dr. Haynes. Don't go away.
All right, welcome back. We have our final segment with Dr. Carol Haynes uh, talking about this stealth jihad on our campuses. But, it, you know, it's just not stealthy anymore. After that brutal, bru- the brutality of that Hamas attack on October 7th, and we see the reaction on the campuses, it's not so stealthy anymore, is it? I mean, it's come out there. And the radical left, I think, maybe as you say, and I agree with you, they have gone too far. People are finally beginning to understand what's been going on under the radar, the stealth jihad that's been going on, and they're finally beginning to push back. And I'm glad to see it. Um, some of these major donors to these schools, they are pushing back, are they not? They are, and we started out, uh, well, recently it, it came out about Harvard, and I was so glad that we actually had had them going after Harvard there, and I mean, just, and all of a sudden, it, it just, and, and it, it just went haywire. Not only was it Harvard, then, but then you had people on the board at other institutions, at um, Pennsylvania and so forth, and 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 they were just saying, "Hey, I'm pulling my money. I'm I'm taking my money. I, I've given fifty million, and you're you're not getting any more." And so it, things have consequences. The students at Harvard who signed on to this found out that it does have that it does have consequences, and you you have people who who were. Um, who were involved in that, who said, I'm taking all of my money out, and they were suggesting that others do the same thing. And so it's working. And and so not only is it working there, it's working at the other institutions. We've been, we've been going after uh, Bud Light. We've been going after Target. So it makes a difference when, when people will band together and just say, we're not putting up with this nonsense anymore. So how, how do we go after? Where are we going to find a stopping point? I think the more Americans actually do something, the, the more we're going to see it, it turning around. Um, for instance, Last year, I did a review, um, an analysis of the early childhood SEL curriculum for some conservative organizations there in, in uh, Louisiana. And I found, LG, we're talking about children, little children, under five. And I found CRT, critical race theory. I found LGBT in there. I found all kinds of things that shouldn't be in that. So parents have to really watch and watch the wording. Uh, look at the history lessons, the English lessons, the math lessons, and look for certain trigger words, certain keywords in there. SEL, social emotional learning, is a vehicle for political lessons. Mm-hmm. You have to look at those lessons. And some of the things that they might do, Carol, is to look at my website for some of this information at www.drcarolhhaines.com. Um, I would be also most happy for them to write me at chaines at drcarolachange.com. But back to the, all these people who are pulling their money out, and, and let's face it, these universities cannot be sustained without money. And Bill, Bill Ackman, Ackman, rather, who he was the hedge fund billionaire who kind of started it, started the ball to rolling, and he says, this is the way you go. We, we, we take them down through the money. And he he got others to sign on a letter with him, and before long they they started rescinding job offers to students who had mm-hmm. been who signed on to this letter. Yes. And then the next thing you have is that the students all said, "Oh, I didn't really mean that. I'm I'm going to take my name off." Well, 
you know, it was too late that the damage was already done. So what we have to know is we can't really change these universities. They can't be reformed. What we can do is come along and, and have a parallel society, and we're already doing that. We have all kinds of options for our even our schools. We have options for our churches. We have new churches bringing up. We have the university springing up. So you you just have this parallel society that says, okay, we're going to start fresh, and we're going to go back to the basics of our founding principles, our founding roots, and our Christian our Christian faith. Yeah. This is where we're going. And and so you have all these people. In fact, one of the, the 80th person, in, the 80th richest man in the world, he's an Israeli billionaire, resigned from the executive board of Harvard's uh, Kennedy School of Government. This really hurts when you start pulling money, and people are pulling money out mm-hmm. of the public schools. How are they doing it? They're taking their children out. And you look in Texas, they're having to close down classes because they don't have enough students for their classes. This is a big deal over here now in Texas. Oh, man, i tell you what. It's, it's, it's very troubling. I, I don't want anybody to think uh, that we have anything against peaceful Islamic people, but what is going on? There's nothing peaceful about this, and there is, there is, it's very intentional. And by the way, you talked about social-emotional learning. We were at a meeting in Lafayette uh, before the last election, and um, Dr. Brimley was there making his presentation and making it clear that he was going back to basics, etc. The former president of our Bessie Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, well, I guess you're familiar with her, Holly Bofield. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was there in the room, and when the issue, because we asked the question about social-emotional learning, where do you stand with that? And he was not in favor of it. And she was in the audience, and she piped up, and she said, well, you know, I think social-emotional learning is, uh, you know, can be an important da-da-da-da-da. She's still working in the school system here. Now, she was term-limited out from the Bessie Board, but on her way out the door, she tried to lower graduation standards uh, and say that, you know, uh, students could uh, come in and, and have a portfolio and they could decide in their portfolio and they could have a second bite at the apple if they couldn't pass the uh, GED. I mean, it. we are so glad she's gone. She she was she ran as a conservative Republican and she was a big disappointment toward the end of uh, when she was term limited. But I'm glad she's gone and I'm glad that more people. Are speaking out, and I'm glad that we've got the the superintendent that we have, who opened up uh, the curriculum for examination, the social studies curriculum, because that's really important. That is what teaches these kids the true history, and good and bad, you know. The but it's the honest history. It's not loaded up with all of this jargon and and uh, you know and hatred of America that we see so often. This is where they actually first started was going after these social sciences, the, the history. I'm talking about the colleges and the college of, uh, where they were teaching uh, to teachers to be teachers or students to be teachers, the colleges of education. They were going after the social studies and and changing things there, changing the, the history, actually re- revisionist history. Um, now, I'm a classical uh, pianist by training, and that was, that was my career for a number of years. I'm a classical organist uh, as well. I didn't see it in there, Carol, for a long time, and we were all about our art, and there was no room for anything else because you, you, you don't you you simply have to focus on on the things that are important to become a great musician. But I'm seeing it in there now, and I saw it when I was doing the um, I was the expert reviewer a number of years ago in Texas for the fine arts, 
and I found it in there. And then I was seeing the word diversity. This must have been around 2014, something like that. I kept seeing the word diversity, and they kept denigrating American things and, and pushing out foreign music, foreign arts, and denigrating everything that was American, and always under the name of diversity. Mm-hmm. This is where we right. started seeing this DEI early on. Yeah. Now you see it just rampant in, in the arts. And you see it in medicine. So they have just gradually infiltrated everything, and of course our churches. But it's not really and, diversity, because they don't no. allow any other viewpoints. That's not diversity. That's not inclusion. It's about a Marxist takeover, and, and no doubt about it. Uh, I, I got a, a text message from a, a, a faithful listener. She said, my grandchildren live in a suburb of Denver. Years ago, my granddaughter announced at the supper table that she had to take a scarf to school the next day because the junior high social studies class... Mm-hmm was going to visit a mosque. Well, they wouldn't ever take them to a church, a cathedral, a temple, or a Baptist church, nothing. They were going to a mosque, and she had to have a scarf in order to go to the mosque. Needless to say, she said, uh, you know, they sent a scathing email to the teacher expressing their displeasure and kept their daughter home from school the next day. So this has been going on for a while. This has been going a on for a time, while. A long time. You can go back and, and you, you can look at it for uh, even some of my articles 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago. You see all of this. But as I said, the money started pouring in the mid-1990s in, in, um, in, in K through 12. And then you, you, you had all these radicalized students that became teachers. They became lawyers, judges. They went out to the business world. So it's been a very carefully orchestrated indoctrination mm-hmm. propaganda in America. Yeah. And they've done a great job of being very successful. Fortunately, some Americans are waking up, and I'm hoping well, that I can. You're have one a of them. Doing that. You <laughs> certainly are. You're one of them. And, and let's give them again your, your website and how people can get in touch with you and to read more of your. Uh, your great informational pieces. My website is www.drcarolhhaines.com. That's D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E-H-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com. My email address is chaines at drcarolhhaines.com. All right, got it. Dr. Haynes, thank you so much for spending this time with us today, and thanks for all the deep dive into this research that you're doing to, to keep people informed about this issue. It's really an important issue right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. I deeply appreciate it. You may. Take care, Dr. Haynes. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. And we'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. You know what? Now that I have you here, let me tell you about my good friends over at Acadiana Garage Doors. They are the best. Man, I'll tell you what, they've got it going on. Residential, commercial, whatever. Whatever you need in the way of a garage door. Uh, you need service and repair on your garage door? They can do that for you, too. And by the way, they they make it their job, their mission to get to you as soon as possible. When you have an issue with your garage door, you can't get your car out of the garage, they're going to help you as, as much as they can. They're going to get there to help you. But really, and they help you design. Yeah, I mean, you can design your own garage door. You can look at all the offerings they have. There's sure to be one style that fits your home style. Absolutely. And in terms of uh, commercial garage doors, you can't beat the selection. 
at Acadiana Garage Doors. And by the way, it's a whole different animal from residential garage doors. So you want to have people who know what they're doing and have the proper tools and training to put in your garage door. Whatever it looks like, they can help you with it. Professional staff, you bet. Over 35 years experience, 100% money back guarantee. Man, these are the folks you want to deal with. Ty Grineau and his team at Acadiana Garage Doors. They're ready to help you. com. Check it out, all right? We'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. friends over there at United Tile. I'm telling you, these folks, you, you just cannot do any better than United Tile of Lafayette right there at 1505 E. Rash Road. They've been at that location for almost 60 years. There's a reason for that. They're simply the best at what they do. They will help you transform your living space. They give you a 100% money back guarantee. Absolutely, they do. They give you free design service. They'll show you the, the best way to put together a look for your home. You want to update your home. You want to, especially with the flooring. I mean, they have the most stunning floors, everything you could possibly want. Tile and, you know, marble, ceramic, whatever, wood. Um, they've got that, oh, luxury vinyl plank flooring at, because it looks like wood. It looks like uh, tile. It looks like whatever you want. And it's really great for high traffic areas. I mean, it's so durable. And the cost effective, yeah, cost effective, very much. Uh, they have a range of services. They will work with you to find the right flooring option for your needs. They can help you choose it, coordinate it all. Uh, it'll be a seamless and stress-free experience. I promise you that. So just give them a call. Go by. Check them out online, unitedtilelafayette.com. Uh, the design service is free. You just need to make an appointment. They'll They'll put you on to the best installers in the area. They have so much experience in this area. Free estimates, locally owned and operated. Craig Morell and his team are simply the best. They really are. Check them out, unitedtilelafayette.com. Visit them at 1505 E. Landry Road. They're a great local business ready to serve you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm just delighted that our FBI is right on top of things. Right on top of things, they're warning us that election systems are being targeted as the 2024 election approaches. I'm so glad to know that because then I saw this companion story. Is it Russia, Russia, Russia all over again? Well, it might be, but it ain't Russia, Russia for Trump. It's Russia, Russia, Russia for... (gasps) No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Vladimir Putin just, just endorsed Joe Biden as the candidate he wants to see win the 2024 presidential election, calling the incumbent Democrat a more predictable person to work with. I don't know how. I mean, how do you even know what he's saying half the time? I don't know. But there's that. So how is that going to blow a hole in the narrative of the left? Russia, Russia, Russia going for Trump, don't you know? No. Uh, Here's the other good news. Clay Higgins, our congressman, has been named the impeachment manager. He's an impeachment manager for the Mayorkas impeachment. He will be one of the ones managing the impeachment in the Senate. That ought to be fun. That ought to be interesting. But on a sad note, we just want to share with you, of course, we mentioned the loss of former Mayor Dudley Straps. They're going to have a memorial service for Dud. 
in uh, sometime in March, and we'll keep you posted on that. We had our, our sort of uh, memoriam, in memoriam for him. We now want to talk about a gentleman, and he was a gentleman that we knew long, long, long over the long years, uh, sheriff, former Sheriff Don Bro. He was former Lafayette Parish Sheriff, former Lafayette City Marshal. Uh, he he be, he was in law enforcement with the Lafayette City Police before he joined the Louisiana State Police, and then the City Marshal, and then Lafayette Parish Sheriff, and he became Sheriff. Um, just an old style kind of law enforcement guy. No, you know, no foolishness about him. Uh, just a good guy. He was a strong, strong man, but he had a big heart too. He was, uh, well, you can read the, so many of the honorariums being talked about, the, the in memoriam. Um, you know, you'll read a lot of it. I, I just, he was, I considered him a personal friend. He and Bell, uh, when my husband was in politics, they were always so gracious and so kind uh, to us. And he was always uh, just a good sounding board. I mean, he was... He knew this community. He knew this parish. He was a good man. Native of Lafayette. He was so Lafayette. I mean, he had many, many honors given to him. Distinguished Citizen Award from the Evangeline Area Boy Scouts Council. Recognized by the American Legion as outstanding lawman in the state. Uh, he was inducted into the Acadian Museum uh, in Erath as one of Acadiana's living legends, and he was that. But above all, he was a good man, a good sheriff. Survived by his wife of 63 years, the beautiful Belle. We knew her as Belle, her full name, Annabelle Richard Bro from Grosseil, Louisiana. Sons Frank and his wife Julie, Tim and his wife Monique, Mike and his wife Mary, nine grandchildren, nine great-grandchildren, preceded in death by his daughter, Donna, it's, I know it's going to be difficult for the family, but I know that uh, his memory will live on. With them and with us, he was a good man. He truly was. And always, always was respected, even after he left office. Always respected. So our prayers and thoughts go out to the Bro family. Longtime Lafayette lawman. Sheriff, city marshal, city police, state police. Yeah. He joined the state police in 62. Before that, he was with the city police. That's where he began his career in law enforcement. We send out our deepest sympathy from the Ross Report and everyone here at Delta Media to the family of former Sheriff Don Bro. That's about it for us today. It's going to be a Freaky Friday tomorrow. I have no idea what we're going to talk about tomorrow. But, you know, somehow I think um, I think there's going to be some stuff to talk about tomorrow. What do you think, Blonde? Do you think there'll be some stuff uh, to talk about I tomorrow? I think the schedule is going to fill itself up <laughs> nicely. I think, it, I think you don't have to worry about anything. I didn't even get to half the stuff I wanted to get to today. But, you know, you know, when, when Fani and, and her boo thing got on the stand, I just I had to drop everything. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, the devil went down to Georgia. And the lights went out in Georgia, and we didn't take the midnight train to Georgia, but they might take the midnight train out of Georgia. We don't know. <laughs> Have a great evening, everybody. We love you guys. Go Cajuns. Bye-bye.